Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashwine from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Cal Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, aloha. Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Tonight we have a pack schedule. We have to put a bookmark in Chapter 6, meaning we're going to version 1.0 of Chapter 6. We're going to wrap that up. Well, I'm going to kickstart tonight's conversation with what happened to you in Chapter 6. What popped out for you? Now, I know that Cheryl and David, based on their blog posts, and also Chris and Kareem's blog posts, some pretty significant stuff popped out. Who? wants to be the first to the table to share your aha. One of my things that I had never really thought, I had heard all my life people saying that you were supposed to forgive everything then move on. That would be what it would take to move on. Nobody ever mentioned to me that inevitably it was me that was the one that was to forgive myself. I thought all along, you were supposed to forgive that person. I never realized at all that it was on the other way, turn it around, it was me. Yes, that was my biggest aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> my biggest aha uh-huh from this week was really simple. I can break it down as such. You get what you pay for. I get what I pay for. My payment is my emotional state. It's just that simple. Yet that complex because... David, is it fair to say that up until now, the tsunamis of doubt, guilt, shame, worry, chaos committee, blah, 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 
have alluded you to that simplicity? It was like it was right there in front of me the whole time, yet I continued to do the emotional doubt, guilt, shame, and worry cycle without really even being conscious because it was autopilot. It's been autopilot. It's just been how things go. This afternoon, I went in, I read Cheryl's post, I read Kareem's post, and Chris's post, read mine again. That was like, oh my God. It was just this aha moment of, wait, law of attraction. Always the exact same thing. I've always said that what I put out, I get back exactly. That's my payment to the universe. The universe cashed my check every time. <laughs> there was an equal part of, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I feel the answer. Now I know the answer beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's like the answer to all my problems is acceptance. Fabulous. Now do you feel like a little kid in a Toys R Us store for the first time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Chris, you were sharing just before we started our class. You did a phenomenal job on your blog post posting what you came across as you did Exercise 21. And I have to admit, the level of detail that you went into, the catharsis that you went through going through that had to be pretty phenomenal, yeah? Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it all is experience. I'm just learning more and more as I go through this about how exactly how I pay. It's not about money. It's We pay for things in so many ways we're not even aware of. When you let people take advantage of you, you're paying emotionally, you're paying mentally, you're paying with guilt and all that stuff. So I just don't let it happen anymore. If somebody wants to misinterpret what I say or my opinion or whatever, then that's not up to me. That's not your circus, right? Not your circus, not your monkey. (laughs) Nope. Sweet. What else is going on? Also is teaching me about gratitude, too, to be grateful for what I've already got and where I'm going, that me and Kareem are going to have a class and that we're going to start being able to really get successful with everything we're doing as long as we just keep doing what we're doing. It feels good to finally know what the hell I want to do with myself, that I'm putting effort into what I'm doing constantly. That feels good to have something to strive for. Nice. Marcia, this is Sounding awfully familiar, I met a woman by the name of Marcia Sortino about a year ago, and one of her common refrains was, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't even know where I'm at or what I'm going to do. I just remember that conversation, Marcia? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I am exploring myself and getting to know myself like I have never known myself before. The amazing thing about this particular exercise that I did with that chapter, you get what you paid for, and having done chapter five where we did our mental laundry, I got that aha moment where I flashed back to feeling interconnectedness in the universe. When that happened, that was so awe-inspiring to me because it just came out of nowhere. I was like blown away at that feeling. It was just that strong feeling of how connected I am to everybody and everything. 
I could feel that flow of energy. So it brought me back to that moment when I realized how beneficial it is to always be in that unconditional loving state that included all the forgiveness for myself. I realized how important it is for us to continually be in that state of being where we have enough. I have enough. I can fill myself with enough love for myself to be able to ripple that to others, give them that same state of grace that I just feel. That was huge. Once again, if this were a video call, you'd see a really wrinkled up smiling face. (laughs) (laughs) For those who have yet to share, what part of Chapter 6 seemed old, new to you? Meaning, you've heard it before, it's old, but yet now it seems new, if that question made any sense. Yeah, it made sense. The biggest thing for me was that I was always told by myself, and I, oh, you forgive yourself, forgive, forgive, about a million times. I was never really able to do that in the past because I was sitting there analyzing, oh, well, I screwed up, I said this, or I got in a fight with one of my friends or my girlfriend or I messed up at work. If I had just done A, B, and C, and then I would get mad about that and sit there and think, what are, what are all the alternatives, get all analytical about what I could have done right and wrong, all this goofy stuff. So I was never really able to forgive myself, even though I knew I had to. The key was really kicking the analyzer to the curb. Looking at the fact that, hey, if I'm not sitting there being all analytical, just having fun, just exploring, playing music, hanging out with buddies, having a good time, it's really easy to forgive myself because I'm not worried about anything. I've gotten rid of the dark clouds. Raindrops are no longer falling over my head like that (laughs) one famous song says. I don't have time to sit there and worry and be all analytical about how I mess something up. I just figure out how I'm going to move forward and make the future better. Beautiful, beautiful. Are you beginning to see now, ladies and gentlemen, how by knowing the answers to these questions... Who am I? Why am I here? What do I have? And what am I going to do with it? Who am I? Why am I here? What do I have? And what am I going to do with it? That is what you just explored over the past eight months through chapters one through five, now bridging into six. True? True. Right on. As we get in touch with a little more dusted off awareness of the answers to those questions, are you beginning to feel that light inside you, that sense of connection that Marsha was just talking about, grow stronger and stronger? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm bringing this up because how many of you were taught that forgiveness is what you do unto others or someone does unto you, meaning it's an external process. How many of you were taught that way? Yeah, I was. Forgive me. I was too. Anybody else? I was always told forgive, but then they threw a blame finger at me and it didn't make any sense to me because I'm thinking, okay, forgive me, but it's your fault. So (laughs) it almost felt like you're off the hook, but you're still guilty. Nice. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I like it. Mm. Yep. (laughs) 
I don't, but okay. Who else was taught that this whole forgiveness thing was something almost out of your control? I mean, yes, you could provide the forgiveness to someone else. You understand that if I say to you, I forgive you, I'm being one of the most arrogant, omnipotent jerks under the sun? Absolutely. <laughs> if I say to Marcia Sortino, Marcia, I forgive you, the reason why uh-huh. I say that that's arrogant is because then that assumes I have control over your life such that you will accept my forgiveness. What if you yes. don't want to accept my forgiveness? Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's right. How many of you have heard that statement from somebody? Oh, I forgive you. And you think to yourself, well, aren't you an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Who appointed you to God I have, in my I, life? Yeah, I always wonder, well, what did I do that I needed forgiving even? <laughs> mm-hmm. All of us yep. were taught that we were born into sin. That well, yeah, there's a good one. Primordial mm-hmm. sin. You were raised a Catholic soul. Oh, Yep. And the only way that you can forgiveness is to go to church, consider sins, go to some people that call themselves holy, so you could get into a place that you've never seen before. You know, you know it better than I do. I mean, how whatever it is, it's all it's bullshit. And to profess to a higher power, what the hell? There's higher powers than us, really? Yeah, it has to come from within. Yeah. Forgive yourself from within. Well, we've all had to fight Bingo. Bingo. Do you see that chapter six, I'm asking each of you to tap into one. I believe in higher power. Sure. Okay. Cindy, do you understand what we're saying about the forgiveness thing? That it's arrogant of me to say to you, I forgive you? Yeah, I think sometimes there is something that a person could have done that. No, 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 no. Cindy, let's keep it you and me right now. You and me. Do I have 100% control over your life? No. Will you give me 100% control over your life? No. Why not? Well, because we like to be in control of our life. Therefore, if you're not going to give me 100% control over your life, meaning you will do what I tell you to do, feel how I think you should feel, say what I think you should say, think what I think you should think, if you're not going to give me that, how on earth can I say to you, I forgive you. Okay. What changed? Just that we all have the right, I guess, to feel the way we each want to feel. However, each of us feels may not necessarily be wrong. How you feel about me and how I feel about you, I have no control over how you feel about me. True? Right. I have no control how you think about me. True? Right. So if I say to you, Cindy, I forgive you, doesn't that mean I expect you to think and feel a certain way? Oh, I see what you're saying now. Okay. Now I think you're getting it. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand the nuances that we're chipping away at here? Yes, I do. Why is this important? Everybody has choice. I have a choice of what I want to feel, what I want to think how I think about things. I don't have any right to control you or make you feel that you need to think the way I do or feel the way I do. That's part of it. What else? The other part is this, is that when I strip it all away, strip all that stuff away, 
Bottom line, every single thing in my life I have paid for. Every single experience, every single person, every single thing I have paid for. I have bought it emotionally. The currency is my emotion. And since the currency is my emotion, I'm 100% responsible. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% responsible for every single thing I perceive and receive. Yep. I'm responsible for it. Nobody else. Right. Nobody made me feel anything. Nobody made me do anything. Nobody came out of the woodwork and did something to me. I created it all. So now who's God? Bingo. Ladies and gentlemen, this chapter is designed for you to get in touch with the fact that you are divine, period. And the divine that I am accustomed to unconditionally, eternally loves me, period, always. There is nothing I can do or say, there is nothing I can keep silent on or not do that's going to cause me a need to feel the need to be forgiven. That got pretty deep there. Who needs a life vest? Question, thoughts. <laughs> So when I first heard this, I needed a life vest. I needed further clarification. But as I really explored everything you were saying, when I realized that it's about me, it's coming from inside of me. So yes, I started understanding so much more of that whole concept. Thank you. I want to flip this maybe to a perspective of, we've all heard this saying before, that we're our own worst critic and judge. We've heard that before, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. one yes. Two yeses. Yes. Yep. Three, four yeses. Five yeses. Okay. Yes, yes. I see how high it'll count. <laughs> Just want to get by into this because I shudder to think that if that which I consider to be divine judged and criticized me, the way I used to judge and criticize me, I don't know that I'd be alive. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If that which I did to myself, this omnipotent being did to everybody else, I don't know that our species would be around. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Think about this. As part of this journey that you've been on, Have you begun to see how some of that flogging that you did through doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, if a divine being did that same type of flogging to everybody else that you knew, what would life be like? Miserable. (laughs) Actually, I would probably need to go in a corner and turn off my divine self if I had to listen to my divine self doing that. That makes no sense. Because my divine self is loving, is unconditionally loving. So there would be no conversation like that. The conversation should be the same, loving. It absolutely should be the same. We say the phrase is, I am my own worst enemy. How about the truth? The truth is, I am my only enemy. Well, yeah. That's really the truth. So in chapter six, have you absolved yourselves of being your own enemy? There it is. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. 
<laughs> when is it I, not uh, time to put down even the last little bit of that little hammer you, I've been using on myself? When is now the time I can finally just allow myself to be free of it? So if that's the question that comes to me today, right now. One of the things that I found out is that the lower your self-worth, the heavier that hammer is. Yes. <laughs> way heavier yeah. because you're way yeah. harder on yourself. I used to take anything that person would say bad, feel bad for myself, or think, well, why did they say that? I must, something must be wrong with something I did or something. It just lightens up. That hammer gets lighter and lighter as you can drop things off way more when you can get balanced and realize all of it. Wait till the hammer turns into a tickly feather. (laughs) (laughs) If I have no enemy within, the enemy outside can't really do anything, can do me no harm, because if I'm having fun, if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I know I like what I'm doing. I'm public speaking. I'm playing an instrument. Someone can criticize me. They're not going to stop me from doing it. They're not going to take my pep away. They're not going to take the energy away. I'll just say, okay, keep going. Ladies and gentlemen, as we continue on our journey, we've shaped tonight's discussion to get into Chapter 7 perfectly. Chris has said it. David said it. Marcia said it. Kareem said it. Cheryl has said it. I believe Rick said it as well. We all paid something for something, whether we paid time, money, respect, reputation, love. There's payments in different forms, yeah? Yes. Yep. Pricing the priceless. You're now prepared to get into pricing the priceless. I posit the notion there is nothing that's priceless. Nothing is priceless. Everything has a cost of some kind. Care to dive into that statement? <laughs> I'll go first, though. Okay. Because everything in the universe gives and receives, so there's always some type of exchange going on. When you breathe, you exhale carbon dioxide. When you breathe, you take in oxygen. So there's always some kind of exchange going on. And what I'm examining is what kind of exchanges do I want to participate in? And of those exchanges, are they benefiting me or are they doing me harm? Wow! Nice! Bing, bing, woo! Bing, 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 bing! We have a bingo winner here! We can move right along now. Let's hear a story of a time you thought you got a bargain. You paid a low price. Things began to unfold. You realized you possibly screwed yourself royally. (laughs) (laughs) Just happened. Just happened. I got a really good one for you guys. Recently, I was putting together the first version of this thing that we've been calling at National Seizure Disorders Foundation, the NSDF Empowerment University. I was putting it all together. I thought I found the perfect plug-in for my website where it would do everything I needed it to do for being able to essentially roll out this new product, this Empowerment University product, over the course of four weeks. I thought I found the perfect sales tool after spending a month getting it all set up and and CSS coding in the background and all the fun tweaks. We launched on the first night of the launch six people out of 14 that were on the 
first call, the first call of the launch, message me and say, I can't figure out how to even do what you were asking us to do. And I'm like, what? It looks fine on my end. And I dawned on me, did you use a cell phone? They all communicated back with me, yes. And I said, oh my God. I got this bargain priced plug-in that is not responsive to other websites. Not responsive Whoops. at all. I didn't even consider it because everything I've ever worked with has been responsive. And I was like, yeah, who would have thought of that? So there I was with my great buy that I thought was the best thing since sliced bread. Almost half of the people that I wanted to reach couldn't even do what I asked them to do. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so, all that time. Oh, I, I got what I paid for. Yeah. <laughs> I got what I paid for. Oh, I'm getting a great deal here. I'm somebody's, somebody's not getting. There was that notion of, <laughs> I might have taken advantage of somebody there. Yeah, right, myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, do you remember we talked about your wisdom bank, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> what lessons are you depositing into your wisdom bank from this? That sometimes in situations like that, it pays to take a closer look at the price tag of things, whether I'm paying for it, in, I'm always paying for it emotionally. I'm always paying out that emotional currency. If there's ever a time when there's a wobble there where I think, oh, egoically, that ego comes out to play, like, hey, I got you're screwed. I, you're, that's my new red flag. Mm-hmm. That's my new top of the wisdom. That, right there, it's like, wait, which end of the stick am I on here? Oh, I'm on the greed end of the stick. Oh, I am. I'm not on the love end of the stick. I'm on the greed end of the stick. This lack mentality, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough respect, I don't have enough love, I don't have enough dot, 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 fill in the blank. Therefore, I'm going to do it myself. That costs us. Another way to look at this same chapter title, Pricing the Priceless, you've all heard this before. No good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) So it should be no good deed goes unrewarded. Or unrewarded. I'll take that, too. Who did a good deed thinking, oh, this is going to be so great, then, oh, my God. (laughs) I can think of one that happened back in 1998 that changed my whole life forever. What was interesting was is it wasn't necessarily a good deed is what it came down to, was that it was ego-based. I'm going to save somebody and marry them. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's a, that's a, that's a I mean, holy wisdom bank. <laughs> Marcia, you once, I think, shared a story in Team Clarity of the time that you rented out your home and then somebody started inviting somebody else and all of a sudden you had people living there that you didn't even know? Yes. <laughs> they were all family members, but... Still, that really cascaded out of control because, first of all, they never even told me that this was going to happen. I just came home from work one day, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing new people in the house. That's more electricity. That's more of everything that's being used. Did they consider that? No. I was like, oh, man, I just want these people out now. I did not expect that. Hey, I paid for what I got. 
I paid for it. As we get into Chapter 7, Pricing the Priceless, my goal with this chapter, once again, is to continue to polish your ability to become more awake and aware mixed with compassion and exploration. Once again, that analyzer is going to start scratching at your door. When we get into Chapter 7, I guarantee you there will be parts of you that will want to analyze certain things. Enter at your own risk if you do that. (laughs) Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, Think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.